Great. Thanks, Mark. Like Mark said, we in our series, uh, Gracious Rebellion, and um, we're going to continue this morning on our summer camp. You guys have been enjoying summer camp, the uh, relaxed vibe, going for a swim afterwards, probably someone, down to the beach or something. Um, and hopefully the kids will uh, not have painted everything and w wet everything. I think when we last went on a camp, there was tie-dye and all sorts of things going on. So we'll see what's happening. But yeah, the gracious, yeah. This morning, um, we continue with our series, Gracious Rebellion. And the idea that Mark spoke about is that trellis, you know, that kind of uh, thing that you, who's ever, who knows what a trellis is or have seen a picture of one, you know. If you've been urban farming for any amount of time, such as I have, and you grow tomato bushes, you normally put something in the ground, right? And the, the bush is about this big, or, and like the trellis is, you know, this high. And slowly it grows up and then falls over and you get lots of tomatoes, hopefully. That's the idea. But if there's no trellis there, the bush kind of grows into the ground almost, and the tomatoes are, you know, they, they don't really, doesn't produce, it all kind of looks rather miserable. And so the idea with the trellis is the trellis is sort of unimportant. The tomatoes are the important thing, right? Um, the fruit. And, and so these are just things we're talking about that the trellis gives us a, a something to grow fruit on. And these are things that will help us do that. And so this morning we're going to do that. First, I want to just tell a quick story. We went to the Cairo this week and uh, I went in there and we, they get you to fill out that form. You know, it's like, when were you born? All these kind of heaps and heaps of questions. And then the, the one question I got to which uh, shocked me the, and it was genius. The, the question said, how committed are you uh, to fixing this? Because <laughs> you know, you're going to see the car, you're about it, if you've got a sore back or something. And I was like, oh. And then I had a small existential crisis, like, how committed am I to this? Like, do I really want to do And I, It was like one of those shocking kind of questions, right? And it's almost this, similar. I just want to ask you in a similar way, how committed are you to pursuing Jesus, to growing fruit? It's like, uh, I hope I'm not causing existential crisis for you. Well, maybe, maybe that's okay. But maybe just take a few moments how, and think about that. How committed am I to putting up a trellis, to growing in God, to doing the things that will sort of shape my life towards God? Um, and he, he had a scale of 1 to 10. And I, then I really started to panic when I had to choose a number. So I'm going to ask you, choose 1 to 10, how committed are you? <laughs> it was a great, great question. I hope you've chosen a number between one and ten, and you can talk about it with your wife later, or cry about it with your wife later, whatever, or a friend, close friend. But the beautiful thing is God also works with us. He's not left us to do it by ourselves. He's given us His Holy Spirit, and um, He works with us. He's more committed to a relationship with us than we are to Him. So and that's really cool. You know, any relationship you're in, it's kind of like there's work from both sides. But imagine being in a relationship with someone who's perfect and really good at it. Well, congratulations, if you know God, you're in that relationship. God's really, on His end, He's just committed and loving and, and wants to see us grow in our relationship with Him. And so that's, He's not like the Cairo, He's way better than that. And so today we're going to be uh, speaking about prayer and asking God to help us. So let's just pray right now. God, thank you. Would you help us to desire this more? Lord God, we, we know we can choose a number, a one or a ten, <laughs> But God, we know that you can help our hearts, God. And so this morning we pray, would you help us to desire more of you, to desire to walk with you more? Jesus, would you shape us even this morning as we look at this in your wonderful name? 
Amen. And so we had a, a friend in uh, Brisbane when we were in the church there who was a Korean theologian. He was overdoing his doctorate, and he was part of the church we were part of. And he would often pray, and uh, he, would, he would sort of pray. This is how he would start his prayers. His name was Shu, and he'd say, good morning, my Lord. And then literally they'd have a pause like that. And we'd be like, maybe he's struggling for the English. He's just waiting to hear what he wants to pray about. Or he'd say, good evening, my Lord. And you just do it. That's how he'd pray and give this long, awkward pause. And eventually we're like, hey, sure, what's, what's, with the, what's with the pause and the gap? You know? And he just, he just said, no, I've just paused to give God a chance to say, good morning, Hugh, back to me. And it was like, wow, that is profound. Uh, and so it's really just shaped our, our view on prayer, that, that kind of his life of like, you know, this dialogue that he would have with God. And the point is, he understood a wonderful truth that prayer is a divine dialogue with God. Yeah, I just think, if you just think about that concept for a moment... Prayer draws us into the presence of the living God. It's actually a conversation with God and it brings us into communion with him. That's really incredible. I just want us to pause and just think about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've been watching a bit of Mandalorian lately, so excuse this kind of... I've got an exa a picture in my head and it's very space-centric because that's what we're doing pretty much every evening at the moment. So if you could kind of, and this has got a bit of holes, a few holes in it, but if you picture God like the sun, this blazing sun, um, and we're just like this little itty-bitty planet uh, that um, is near the sun. And if you think of prayer, prayer is like the magnetic field, I don't know, the field... That, that draws us into orbit around the sun and it centres us on God. So I think what is quite shocking is how easily we fall out of orbit uh, with God and if you actually listen to your prayers, you can, often, you can hear your heart most easily, I think, when you do listen to your prayers. And often um, well, my prayers are about comfort or about avoiding pain or about blessing or about success or promotion. Um, and those are actually really good prayers. And we'll hear later some prayers like that in the Bible. Those are good. But if we consider that concept of orbiting around God and that prayer is a divine dialogue with God, I think the first step in prayer or a really healthy way to look at it is to listen first uh, and really listen to what God is saying uh, and allowing our prayers to come into agreement uh, with God. Uh, yeah, you can read time and time again in the Psalms, and I love that Psalm that you talked about this morning, Mark, Asaph Psalm. Uh, there's another one, Psalm 22, and it's um, David's, David's having a chat in this one. No. There's a slide, I'm pretty sure. Um, so in a lot of David's Psalms, you get to hear the progression of his heart in his prayers. Um, so in Psalm 22, which will be coming presently. Okay, so up the top, we've got, my God, my God. I love David because he's just so real. Um, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So he's really like bummed about this. 
And, and so he kind of goes on about that, why are you so far from saving me, blah, 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 blah. And then we kind of get to verse 11 and he's like, there is no, there's no one to help. That's it. There's no one. Um, but then he kind of keeps going. Like he does keep chatting. And then by 20, he's like, oh, well, maybe there is someone to help. So he's going to say, deliver me. By verse 21, he's like, rescue me. And then he keeps going. And so his heart is starting to shift. He's like, well, if he's saying deliver me and rescue me, obviously he's realizing that there's God and there's someone that can do that. By verse 25, this amazes me. He's like, from you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. And then verse 28, for dominion belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. So somehow we went from, why have you forsaken me? From you comes the theme of my praise and you rule over all the nations. And that's, that's just through his, his drawing close to God and having it out with him and allowing that centeredness around God to change his heart. Um, prayer's not for God's sake. Like, he's actually completely complete in himself. He is all-powerful. He's almighty. He holds the world in his hand. He's not only just, but he's merciful. History is the unfolding of his will. He doesn't need prayer. <laughs> we need prayer and the reason that prayer is powerful is because it brings us into agreement with God. Um, yeah. Prayer is powerful. I like that you said that. <laughs> and so this is how prayer works. One, it's a divine dialogue. And that's kind of easy when you think about it. Um, what can you say to God? Well, anything really. As we saw David, he's like, there's no one, there's nothing. It's all gone. <laughs> it's all broken. And, uh, but he's saying it to God, and he begins that dialogue with God. It's also, then it shifts. As we speak to God, we center ourselves, like Anna said, that orbit. We, we come back to where we ought to be. I think even some of the testimonies this morning, and where that happens in worship, we, when we commune with God, uh, we begin to center again back upon him. Uh, around our lives around Jesus. Also, though, prayer is uh, powerful. It changes things. And, sorry, I'm just coming, my notes have just slid all the way down here. Just trying to copy and paste. Prayer is powerful. And I want to give you two quotes. Richard Foster quotes, who's written extensively on prayer. He says, prayer is both life-creating and life-changing. In prayer, we begin to desire the things that God desires and to love the things that He loves and to will the things that He wills. So prayer is powerful to shape us, to change us. When we come into the presence of God like that, our lives begin to change and get shaped around Him. And our wills and our loves begin to change as we uh, begin to pray. It is powerful. Prayer is powerful to change our hearts. This two-way conversation with the living God which transforms us from my will to His will from fear to faith, from doubt to trust, from anxiety to peace, from apathy to passion. So prayer is powerful to change our own hearts, but prayer is also powerful to change even the, the world around us. I'll give you another quote. This is from a, a, a saint. Um, he says, prayer is an all-sufficient panoply. You can go look that up. I had to. Uh, <laughs> Prayer is an all-sufficient monopoly, a treasure undiminished, a mind that is never exhausted, a sky unobscured by the clouds, a heaven unruffled by the storm. It is the root, the fountain, and the mother of a thousand blessings. The potency of prayer has subdued the strength of fire. It has bridled the rage of lions, hushed anarchy to rest, extinguished wars, 
appeased the elements, it has expelled demons, burst the chains of death, expanded the gates of heaven, assorged diseases, repelled frauds, rescued cities from destruction, stayed the sun in its course, and arrested the progress of the thunderbolt. Prayer is powerful. Is that an exaggeration? Not at all. Prayer is, a pow- is powerful, and we'll see that in some of the prayers that we're going to read in a moment. In a moment, we're going to get you to do some work as well. This is the theme of summer camp, right? getting everyone to work. It's not an exaggeration. But what does prayer look like? Let's have, we want to just have a look and give us some samples of prayer this morning that maybe you can put into your vocabulary, excite you, get your heart understanding prayer a little more, and then we'll give you some practical things at the end which may help you to establish that trellis. Um, in prayer, there are many forms of prayer in the Scriptures, and, but in all of them we can be assured of, of one thing, that prayer is something we learn. Prayer is something we learn. No one's arrived, you're always praying and learning. The disciples ask Jesus, teach us how to pray. The more we practice, the more naturally we can attend to God throughout the day. The more naturally we enter into this divine dialogue. The more we practice, the more this divine dialogue happens. You know when you meet someone for the first time, it can be awkward. Hey, what do you do? Uh, where are you from? But someone who you've been with for years and years, you can you conversate much easily, more easily with them. It's a practice thing. It's like you're getting to know someone. And, and so this is what we want to encourage you this morning, developing a divine dialogue. Ephesians 6, I'm going to give you some examples, and then we're going to get you to read out some prayers together. Ephesians 6 verse 18 says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the saints. few things that we notice there. When are you allowed to pray? On all occasions. So there is, when's, when, when, when can you pray? Well, when anything's going on, any circumstance, any situation. So it's just a freebie, right? Freebie for all time, all occasions. Welcome to pray. And then when or what kind of prayer should you be praying? All kinds. It doesn't really matter. And we'll hear some of them. There's, there's whinges. There's... There's celebrations. It's just all kinds. So there's no limits. If you've never prayed before and you're scared, don't worry. It's just all kind. Whatever comes out of your mouth, that's a kind of prayer. Well done. You're on board. You're, you're, you're scriptural. You're biblical. Off you go. So you don't worry about, am I praying biblically? Yes, you are. It's a kind of prayer. You're, you're, you're in. All kinds of prayers. And then he says, and how long should we, keep, should we be praying for? Well, he just says, well, just keep on doing it. Just, you don't, you don't, you just go. You just go. Like, when, when do I stop? When do I, oh, is this good enough? Is this not? No, no, just keep going. So uh, when, all occasions, what kind, well, any kind, and how long, just keep going. Um, and, and fortunately, he says, it's the Holy Spirit who helps us. He says, pray in the Spirit. So you just know that God is with you and helping you. It doesn't matter what your prayer sounds like. God is, is in the Spirit, and so we know that we have the Holy Spirit who helps us to pray on all occasions. And so the Bible has many kinds of prayers. We're not going to give you an exhaustive list. If you'd like to come chat later, we can. But there's prayers of request when we're asking God for things, prayers on behalf of others, there's prayers of thanksgiving, there's prayers of lament when you, someone's really sad, there's prayers of agreement when we agree together, there's a prayer of faith in James 5, which raises the sick person. There's praying in the Spirit in 1 Corinthians and praying in tongues. He says, I'll pray with my spirit and with my mind. There's praying without words, Romans 8, which says, we don't know what we ought to pray, but the Holy Spirit helps us just by groaning. I'm not sure if that's tongues or not, but if, if you ever just do not even know what to say, you're just like, oh, God, oh. that's a prayer. Well done, you're in. 
yeah, and that's okay. So you don't, it's just a groan. The Holy Spirit's there. The Bible says the Holy Spirit's there, right there with you. And we'll see one when you read Hagar was like that. Her son was dying. And she's like, ah, she's just weeping. That's her prayer. And God answers her. It's amazing. And so there's all these kinds of prayers in the, in the scriptures. And so what we want to do now is just get you to get into groups of about four or five. And we're going to get you to read aloud a bunch of different prayers, just so you can hear a vocabulary of prayer and, and sort of enjoy it. Don't discuss it. Don't give a theological, you know, debate about it. Um, just talk, just, we want you to enjoy reading it and enjoy hearing it in the different voices. So in groups of four or five, you're just going to read it, just one, one verse at a time. Read it nice and loud if you can. And those of you who are afraid of praying, this isn't technically praying. We're just giving you the words so you can just read. So it's easy, you know. And just read it, enjoy listening to it, and we're going to take about five minutes to do that. So if you can, just get into groups of four or five right now and take five minutes to read through those prayers nice and loud. Great. It looks like most of the groups are finishing up. Was that encouraging to do? Yeah. Anna and I found that super encouraging, reading through and just actually laughing at some of their prayers, because <laughs> some of them are quite funny. I loved Samson's, you know, like, just one more time, God, like, I'll, I'll keep blowing it, like, give me another chance. Um, it's just so great just to see the breadth of prayer and all the various kinds, you know? and hopefully that's encouraging to you, that, you know, really can say just anything to God. Um, we're going to uh, just, thanks for doing some of the work this morning, appreciate that, that helps us. Um, we're going to just move quickly now through to some practical things, hopefully to encourage you. One, we've heard just the breadth of prayer. That's you know, We talk to God. It's a divine dialogue. And, and we can just begin to share, sh- try to talk, talk to God, even if you have no words. Um, it is powerful. It's transformative when you start to do it. Um, and you can do it on all occasions and all times. It's, not, it's just kind of getting, beginning to form that habit of being turning to God and just you know, turning things into prayer. So we want to give you some practical ways of doing that this morning on, on turning things into prayer. And we'll, we'll get into them. The many forms of prayer, but in all of them we can be assured that prayer is something we learn, like the disciples the, the disciples said. So we've, we have given you a little handout, a second handout. You can do more work. So you might have to share if you if you uh, maybe families can share if possible if there's not enough. Um, we we're gonna go through some practical things. Maybe just make a note or two on there if you if it's helpful to you. If things do stick out um, for you, and we'll get into some of the practical. As with all of these habits, it requires a gracious rebellion. That's the theme of our summer camp: gracious rebellion. You know, I think uh, Mark has been. We've been teaching on Sabbath for three years. The last three years we've done something on Sabbath, and I think very few people put up their hand last week that they're actually doing it. The point is it requires a gracious rebellion. You know, it's, we're not talking about our salvation here. God's done all that work. But for us, we engage in putting up that trellis. You know, it's like there's a trellis at Bunnings. Unless you go get one and put it next to the tomato plant, the fruit just, you know, looks really terrible. So the, the, the point is let's, what are these things that we can engage with to do? Um, how can I pursue this? How can I grow on this trellis and become more fruitful? Um, it will require some change in, in our current habits. And so we want to start off with just a few ideas that will help on these things, a few ideas. Yeah, okay. So I really loved, I, I didn't get to be here last week, but I loved how practical that thinking about the Sabbath kind of process was. And I hope other process-oriented people enjoyed that also. Um, 
but uh, the first thing we want to talk about was separating yourself from distraction. Um, don't let this worksheet distract you right now. <laughs> this, this is just for you to um, take notes on if you want to um, and it kind of covers the main points. But separating yourself from distraction, I think we all will do that in a slightly different way. I, I was really blessed to discover that at our house, the walk-in wardrobe has a lock on the inside. So I was like, that's interesting, but I've made use of that. So, <laughs> so <laughs> my walk-in wardrobe, when I'm sad, that's my place I go because I can do really ugly tears in there. That's my like separation from distraction when I'm sad. So I've worked that out now. I know that that's what I can do and I can lock the door because none of the kids can get in there. Um, sometimes when I'm happy and I, and, and I want to be by myself, I'll get up early and go by the lake and be with God because it's out the walls and the roof of the house and I find our house really distracting sometimes so I just you might just want to give some time like with Sabbath to thinking about how you can separate yourself from distraction and it will be a little different for everyone I think um, the next one is practice listening oh uh, yeah we live in a really noisy world there are messages going on all the time um, a lot of what we're talking about is what can we draw into God about and what can we reject, I guess. So practicing listening. There's a Psalm 46 that says, Step out of traffic and take a long, loving look at me. That's the message version. But take a long, loving look at me and just practice listening. And I remember I was actually quite old and quite far along in my Christian walk before I even grasped onto this concept of listening and being with God uh, and it was actually really awkward and hard to do at the start but I kind of just started with uh, three minutes I just set aside three minutes on my bed and I would just go there and I would listen and that act of listening um, is not a muscle that we are very good at using um, but it's a muscle that we need to grow so I I mean, for you, something else might work, but for me, I just started with three minutes, um, just on my bed, and I would lie there still, and I wouldn't say anything in my head, um, and I'd just try to listen to God. Now, um, if you, I know there's like the, Charlotte explains it to me, like the charismatic, and then the this, and the that, and like some people are happy about the hearing God, and some people aren't so happy, I don't know. So if um, hearing God is a weird concept for you, I, I totally appreciate that um, and that's totally fine. Maybe just go and just be quiet then um, and see what happens. And probably what will happen is thoughts will come into your mind um, and I like to try, imagine that there's just a river and like the thoughts are like a little leaf and so I have the thought and then I let the leaf float down the river and then I come back to being quiet again. Some people use strategies around breath to listen. I love that the word ruach for spirit is actually also like the word for breath. And, and so God is with us. Like someone was saying, he's nearer than our skin. Kay was saying, he's with us. And so as you breathe, you can be conscious of, of listening to him and being with him. Um, yeah. So these are little parts of the trellis you can put up. Try separating yourself, turning your phone off, finding a place, walk around the lake, go into your closet if you need to cry, whatever it is. Find a spot. Um, and so maybe that's something you can circle. That. I'm going to give that a go this week. Separate myself, turn the phone off. 
and practice listening. Take three minutes of just pure silence. That could be very scary for some people. Give it a go. You may really find out that God is closer and speaking with you. A couple of other ideas. Find a routine or have a routine. Um, this can be done just morning, evening, and uh, morning, lunch, and evening. If you just go, I'm going to take five minutes to intentionally, just like with Sabbath, I'm going to actually disconnect and, and enjoy or do the things that help me come into the presence of God. A routine is helpful. Um, again, we said God's in all occasions on all things, but sometimes we can pray on all occasions through all circumstances, but it's good to sometimes just have a routine where every, every morning I'm going to go and spend some time praying. If you can develop a routine, which will require two things, a when and a where. So maybe just answer those two questions. When and where would I do prayer? And just start to uh, you know, even put it in your diary and just go, yep, morning, straight after brekkie or straight after lunch, can I do it? That would be great. Having a routine helps very, very much so. helps to develop a prayer life. If you have no routine, there's no scaffolding there. So you'll never, you know, kind of... It's like going to the gym, right? If you don't put it in the diary, uh, not that I know a lot about that. I'll defer to the others in the room with superior knowledge on, on going to the gym. But you've got to sort of set something up, right, to develop in it. And that's why routine is helpful. Next one is being uh, what we call balanced. I don't know if that was the right word, but being finding variety. Like uh, if you're finding you're stuck, I'd, uh, whenever I do go to pray, it's kind of I just I got four things and that's all I can say. And then I just begin to try and find variety. You know, um, pray about diff- about different things, and you can do that in a various ways. One of them is might be just like using the Lord's prayer, and I, I do that one quite a, lo- a lot. If I'm like trying to pray, I just go through the Lord's prayer. I go. Father, our Father who art in heaven. And I'll just say, God, thank you that you're in heaven and I'm on earth <laughs> and you know better than me and you're my Father. You know, you can literally sort of just flesh it out a bit. You don't have to just r- repeat the lines. But that, that prayer, if you go through it like that, you, it just really gets your prayer, prayer going, you know. Use little things that give you, um, I want to call it variation or balance, but rather than just struggling, you know, I only know two lines to pray. I've never prayed more than two lines. Just use the Lord's Prayer. Father the, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God, I just praise you. Thank you, God, that you're so good. You know, um, right through, you know, your kingdom come. God, I pray let your kingdom come in my family, in my, with my, my, in my wife and I's marriage, in the, with the kids in school, at work, with my friends, with my, my mom, my dad, whatever. You know, just God, let your kingdom come. In this city, God, I pray for salvation. So you can just begin to think about the Lord's Prayer one line at a time, and that's a helpful, great, great tool. Um, so just do that if you're stuck for things to say. Find that you know, balance right through from praise to God, keep me from sin. Lead me not into temptation. God, I'm really struggling with this. You know, there's just, it's a wonderful um, way, practical help just to go through that. You can do other things. There's acronyms you can use like PRAY, which is pause, reflect, ask, and yield. If you've heard of that one, PRAY, P-R-A-Y, pause. So just, well, just pausing. Oh, God, thank you for your presence. Just focus my attention on you. Three minutes of just quiet. Pause. Reflect. What's going on? Oh, God, I'm really struggling with this. Reflecting. Ask. God, would you help me? Uh, yield is the last one. God, I submit to you. I don't have to be in control. Yielding back to God. So pray. Pause, reflect, ask, and yield. It's great. Now, if you don't know what to pray, just use something like that. If you're an expert prayer, don't worry about those last two. You just carry on. But I'm just, we're just trying to give you some practical helps. The next one is be God conscious. Learn to be aware of God's presence. 
And I think this can happen, we're not just talking about in the moment where you pause, but right through the day. And so there's some practical things you can use. So I'm going to move, try and move, keep moving quickly, but you can uh, sort of use them to remind you of God's presence through the day and when you're thinking, even when you're not prompted. So like every time you drink water, who carries a water bottle around? The, yeah, there you go. Every time you take a sip, like, oh, pray. God, thank you for your... Uh, God, you're with me. Yeah? Sorry to ruin your water now. Everyone who drinks water is going to just be thinking about prayer all day, which is good. So it's just like practical things like that to make you God aware of God through the whole day. Like every time you take a sip out of your water bottle, yeah, a chance to pray. Or every time you uh, see a screen or something like that. You know, you can, every time you look at a watch or a clock, so I don't want to ruin too many things. Other people are going to be, uh, Josh, why did you tell us about that? Every time you see a yellow car. <laughs> Spoto. <laughs> Turn it to prayer, people. Turn it to prayer. So we're just saying you can choose some things which which um, which help you, like trigger prayer. You know, it just turns your thought about, oh, great, every time I'm, more, I'm praying now, yeah? So that's how you can develop a lot of some more practical ways to pray, being God-conscious. Turning information to prayer. How many of you receive information? <laughs> yep, all the time. Like, And we can receive information about world events and get worried and all that. Why don't you, every time you receive, if, you, if you've got time to worry about it, turn it to prayer. If you've received information, turn it to prayer. Um, so like, wow, oh, this, I'm worried about this, or this is going on. This is just use that as a trigger to prayer. So I'm just trying to give you little tips to be, turn things, in, you know, that in your life you can begin to grow a prayer. It's just a little trellis, little, you know, oh yeah, sipping the water. That's one of my trellises. And then next thing you know, you're praying like 10 times a day. Great. Brilliant. There's a chick in the Bible I really like, and Jesus told a story about her, and she was um, a very persistent lady, and she really wanted something done. And she went to this judge, and she pestered him, and she went to him so many times that eventually the judge gave in um, and gave her what she requested. And Jesus told this story, and I love that he told it because... um, He's really happy for us to be very persistent in our requests of him. And so there are a few, um, there are a few ways that um, can kind of trigger, trigger you to... Oh, actually, I do want to tell you, I've got a few testimonies actually about prayer. Um, my brother was born paralysed on his left side and the doctors said that he probably wouldn't walk ever. Um, and so our, our church prayed for three days and fasted for three days and three nights for my brother. Um, and now he is left-handed. He was the champion, state champion in fencing with his left hand. He was miraculously healed after those three days. Um, that was like quite an immediate answer to prayer, which was wonderful, and God does that, and he, he does that all the time. Um, Carl, I remember before I met you, I knew about you because you had friends who were praying for you. Um, and I've been aware of people praying for you for at least five years. And when you stood up at camp and you said, I believe in Jesus, that was an answer to many years of many people praying for your salvation. And that's a wonderful thing. <laughs> um, I remember 15 years I've been praying for Brian and Dixon. I, I know um, Miriam and Ruth, and we've known each other for a long time. 15 years we've been praying for godly husbands who love Jesus and who love them. And when we saw them get married in December, both in the same week, my heart was glorying in the goodness of God to answer persistent prayer. He's amazing, and he loves it when we keep on keeping on. Um, there are some ways that we can remember 
So some things you can do, you can use your hands. Um, so you can just think of five things that you want to persist in prayer for and assign them to um, a finger and a thumb. And then every time you just spend five minutes and pray through those five things. And once God answers one, you can change the finger <laughs> for something else. Um, you can use clothes. If you, um, you could associate a prayer with a particular ring or a piece of clothing or shoes. Um, one person I used to pray for every time I went into a merging lane, I, I knew I was to pray for her. So every time Thank I merged, Jesse got a prayer. Um, God answered that prayer, by the way. Um, you can associate, you can use your mirrors or anything that you see all the time and put pieces of paper up. Be persistent. God loves it and God answers prayer. Um, I, in preparing though, my heart got really tender about this one because also people have unanswered prayers. Um, yeah, I told you about my brother who was healed after three days. I have a little sister called Lydia. Yeah, and she's amazing. She's 31 now. When she was one, she got um, diagnosed as being profoundly deaf and a whole lot of other stuff. And on the day that she was diagnosed, God gave my family a word that he would heal her after a period of time. And in that healing, he blessed many. Um, it got to her 12th birthday and I was mad with God and I flipped open my Bible and he gave me that same scripture about confirming the word that she'd be healed. We got to her 30th birthday and I was really mad with God. Um, but he confirmed the same scripture and I just think there are people here who have prayers that they have been praying for a long time and God hasn't answered them and I've wondered I've fought through that process myself and I'm just me my experience would be that every time I grapple through that process I I am less concerned with the why why hasn't it happened and I become more consumed with the fact that God is glorious that song that you talked about I feel like you've forgotten me but like God's here and it's about his glory. And if I can let go of that thing that I really want, that I'm holding on to so hard, and if I can just put it down and hold God, like he'll never disappoint. I'm never going to stop praying for my sister and I'm never going to stop believing that God is true and faithful. But the higher and more beautiful thing is that whenever I go through that wrestle, when I bring it to him, our relationship is deeper, my faith is stronger, he becomes more beautiful to me, and the other things get put in their right place again. So I just want to encourage you, I think maybe for some people unanswered prayer becomes like a hindrance to the joy that you can find in Christ, and I want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit heal that and to let you come to a place of balance between expectancy and contentment in Christ. And it's a really funny walk. And it's, it's often you fall one way or the other, but he's faithful to keep you mm. in step with him and to keep you growing in your relationship with him. I'm sorry I spent a lot of time on that, but I just felt like it was important for some people. Yeah. 
Um, the other one is pray with others. <laughs> it's really great. <laughs> it keeps it really real. It's really nice to hear other people's prayers. Um, you get to know each other better. Uh, you, you, praying together is the fastest way to get to know each other because you hear your hearts. It's like it's wonderful and encouraging and um, you get variety in prayer and then you realize, oh, crap, I can like pray for other people as well, not just like me. I can pray for them and they can pray for me. And while you're at it, eat together as well. Eating together is really great. It keeps it very real. When you're burping, you've got like food stuck in your teeth. You can't pretend that you're this ideal person, you know, like it keeps it real. And that's, I love that God loved food. I love that he met around tables and com- communion was the, the, the bread and the wine and he keeps it real because he understands our frame and how we're made. So if you can try to eat at least one meal a day with someone else, it will be good for your soul. It'll be good for your walk with God. You'll probably eat better food. You won't scoff a vending machine thing in a cupboard or, or in front of a screen. It's just good for you in general. So, Thanks, love. Praying with others, uh, a haunting thought was, which Anna mentioned to me this week. She's known about it for a long time, but uh, she haunted me with it this week. She said, never leave another believer without praying. And I was like, oh, man, that's like, that's a great trellis. <laughs> I was like, wow, it's something. And, uh, and I've, now that she said that, I've realized, oh, yeah, she, Anna always does that. She always like prays before we leave someone. And it's just because it's something that's in her head. So hopefully it gets into my head and into my life as well. Um, that'll be great. So... And hopefully it haunts you too. <laughs> grows, grows great fruit. So these, we hopefully those have been. There's a list there. You've got them in front of you. We're gonna we're gonna close up now with a, a quick um, exercise. What I want to ask you to do is sort of one have a look through those those practical ideas. Maybe just jot down a, one or two that you know circle that. Wow, yeah. Let me let me give that a crack. Let me let me try that out and develop this relationship with God. Um, Thessalonians says that we can pray without ceasing. I don't think it's like a permanent prayer meeting. What it just means is that we're continually turning to God, finding different ways to turn to God in all circumstances with all kinds of prayers. And so that's what our encouragement is that hopefully we've given you some ex- one excitement, just sharing all the kinds of prayers. Yeah, again, I can take anything to God. But also, how can I practically sort of begin to put this into my life so that I see my my prayer life becoming fruitful. And uh, so the, the last little exercise on the, on the end of that uh, sheet there, we want to get you to do that and then we'll close, is just to take a moment um, and, and do that last exercise on there. It's a personal one, so we're not going to do it in the groups. Just do it by yourself personally now. It gives you your first or a, a run at doing something uh, of a practice in the, in the prayer. Is that okay, you guys? Good to, good to do it. We'll just take two or three minutes to do that and we'll close our meeting this morning. Go for, go for it. Wonderful. Great. Thanks so much for coming to summer camp and for participating. And we just trust that God's put something into your heart and into your life um, through this series. We've got uh, two more to go. We're going to be doing that. We're going we're gonna to close our meeting. If you would like prayer, um, we'd love to pray with you. Pray for one another, it says. John said, I, I pray for you. That would be going well with your soul. And so we're available to pray. Um, the cafe is open, and please collect your kids if you have any kids in there. Um, and we're, we're going to be we're done for this morning. We appreciate you guys. Bless you. Have a great week, and we're available for prayer. If you like prayer for anything at all, we'd love to pray. 
Um, otherwise, bless you guys and have a great week. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot.